transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Tonight you are not going to know what's true and what's false. On the screen behind us, And you can say, well, is that charitable to Bob Lazar? It doesn't matter. Because enough people believe the story, it resonated enough with the culture that now we all know the story. Whether we believe it or not, or whether our beliefs or our conclusions do not fit into believe it or not. Now through my own personal research and from wasting most of my life reading dubious UFO groups on the internet, news groups, Above Top Secret, Reddit. And all kinds of books, historical books, recent books, books of research, Blue Book. And an interesting thing is UFO sightings of a certain kind, according to John Keel, the great Fortean journalist who wrote the Mothman prophecies and lots of other weird stuff. Dusk to twilight is the time when you are most likely to have a close encounter. That means seeing some sort of unidentified aerial phenomena within a couple hundred feet of you. Not distant lights in the sky, but something you cannot avoid and cannot escape. Dusk to twilight. And that's coming right up. And if there's anything that a lifetime of being around weird people has taught me, it's that weird things happen when there are a lot of weird people around. That's right. So watch the skies. Look up from the movie every now and then and watch the skies. All this weirdness might conjure up some kind of space devil. Most people who have a lifetime abiding interest in the subject, in the series of subjects, they began this baffling and frustrating pursuit, usually in their formative years. Doesn't mean everybody, but usually in their formative years. When you're forming your beliefs about the world. The culture 
of your formative years, you cannot escape. Anybody here have Sirius XM radio? Very handy for the desert. Sirius XM figured out a long time ago that no matter what differences people have, when they're old, they're going to want to listen to the music from when they're young. And it was interesting a couple of years ago to watch Sirius XM fade out the 20s and 30s channel. Those subscribers were no longer with us. So the culture you grow up in, even if you think it's dumb, I mean, I know from dumb, I grew up in the Reagan years and the Nixon years, but that's still what you come out of. The little girl who first saw a brilliant ball of daytime light, a globe that she said was as bright as the sun, but it lowered right down into the brush at the end of the pasture where she was standing. And the entity that she grew to know who would come out of the ball of light and talk to her through her own thoughts and her brain. Well, this little girl grew up in a fully Catholic, rural, Southern European location a century ago. The culture she grew up in left no question about what it meant if a ball of brilliant light came out of the sky and a brilliant being of all white light approached and you could not even make out its features. So she bowed down to it. And even though it kept saying it was the queen of the universe, she decided it meant that it was Mary, the mother of Jesus. You grow up in a world of saints and magic and bleeding statues angelic visitations where the main words that are written down that you hear in your formative years are all from a specific theology you put it all in place so imagine the world that a nerdy little boy was growing up in in the early 1970s. And Star Trek reruns on the TV every day. You had trippy movies like 2001 about aliens playing for years as midnight movies. And on the TV news at night, the local TV news at night in the early 1970s, 
was like out of a horror movie, and I don't just mean Vietnam and all the bald eagles falling dead out of the sky, cities burning. It was scary because they would have the most terrifying UFO reports on the local news, and in 1973 began a wave never seen again. A wave of UFO sightings that involved thousands of individual sightings all over the South and the Southeast. From New Orleans and the Gulf to Florida, up into the Carolinas, the mountains. Tennessee suffered weeks, weeks and weeks of increasingly insane nightly visitations. From Memphis to Appalachia. Every kind of shape. Black triangles. Motherships. Aliens. Things walking around. Police saw them. Pilots saw them. Baffled families unloading groceries. And we finished off this nutty wave in 1973 in Pascagoula, Mississippi these two good old boys went fishing where they always went fishing outside the well-guarded, well-lit gates of the shipyard that made Navy ships and right there some kind of brilliant ship appears descends hovers a few feet off the ground Allegedly, as Jeremy always says. And then the two dumbest aliens anyone has ever seen come bumbling out of this thing, these giant fur-covered one-eyed robots. You wonder who's designing the characters for this stuff. If you grew up in that environment, and you were interested in things like popular science and popular mechanics, putting a jet engine on the back of your car, that kind of stuff. You grew up in the nerdy Southern California engineer dad world. And a lot of people think Skunk Works is only in the desert, in the Antelope Valley. The main part is in Burbank in the San Fernando Valley. When Fry's, the big computer store there, opened 20 years ago, the motif, the outdoor decor on the facade is a spaceship crashing in with comical little gray Hollywood aliens coming out. We're seeked in the stuff. We see a light in the sky and before we can figure out if it's a helicopter or a planet that would be there all the time that we'd know about if we put down our phones, we immediately say space aliens. Why? It's our culture. That's right, Sparky. The dogs always start barking before it starts happening. Well,
In the late 19th century, an astronomer, appropriate for an astronomy arts theater to be talking about astronomy for a minute before we start talking about space aliens again. This Italian astronomer in one of the early good telescopes, but not that good, thought he saw what looked like up and down straight canals all over the surface of Mars. It was a big news sensation. Newspapers were very big in the Victorian era. Are there Martians? What are they like? Did they die out? Is there any way we could visit them or they visit us? H.G. Wells was a big fan of the story of the Martian canals. The Martian canals were an artifact of the lens. But it persisted, the idea that there were canals on Mars. It persisted even after we sent robots to Mars. Google has now mapped Mars. You can look at Google Maps Mars. And yet there are people who still believe that there are canals on Mars. With the Martian story established, suddenly all the weird things that happened to people underwent a 60-year process of turning into space aliens. We have all kinds of evidence for UFOs. We have evidence of mass sightings. Sightings like the Phoenix Lights that even the governor saw before he went to prison for unrelated reasons. And then with his political career done, he's a Republican, but Bill Clinton pardoned him. Bill Clinton pardoned him because he saved Bill Clinton's life when they were swimming together. When they were kids at a summer camp together. They're the aliens. Hudson Valley, New York, thousands and thousands of people saw the Hudson Valley boomerang. A ship that if it passed over us here, one wing would be behind that mountain and one wing would be way behind this movie screen. Despite all these sightings, despite pilots, despite the US Navy last week announcing that they have a new UFO reporting system because their pilots are being bedeviled by things they don't understand, just like always ever since we've been flying. Started with the Foo Fighters, balls of light. Despite Blue Book, despite the British Ministry of Defense's Black Triangle Report, which is very good. Despite many countries, France, Belgium, the UK, Canada, making their UFO study files public, there's a lot of curiosity about it. We don't have a 
shred of evidence or even a good hypothesis that any of this stuff has anything to do with intelligent life flying here in spaceships from other planets. It might be. But we all automatically think this now, not because it might be, but because that's how we explain that stuff now. Now you can go look on, on basic cable and they'll tell you the aliens have always been coming. You can look in the Pentagon today where some of the brass who follow their Christian religion closely are made very nervous about funding these types of studies because their belief is that the things are demons sent by the devil. Well, one man's demon is another woman's E.T. The movie you're going to see tonight is about a story that took all the elements of ufology that started in 1979 with the publication of a book about Roswell. The Roswell story we all grew up with since 1979 was not a known story before that. It was never on In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. So these UFO researchers dredge up this event and all of a sudden it's an industry. There's one best-selling hardback Roswell book after another. And then something called the Majestic 12 documents are dropped. Dropped on a Roswell researcher. A canister of film. A canister of film. Photocopies of supposed government documents showing that there was a presidential level UFO working study group that fully stage managed over many, many decades the repeated crashes of the world's worst space pilots and somehow nobody ever found out. Roswell and MJ-12 tells a story of crash flying saucers from the 1940s and 50s when the papers supposedly were written records of meetings between people in the Eisenhower administration and the Truman administration before that. Alien bodies came from later reworkings of the Roswell myth. And that the government was lying about everything all the time was proven by the Pentagon Papers and Watergate. And are these elements combined with the immense desert military industrial state that includes Groom Lake, Area 51, Nellis, the nuclear test site, Edwards, the supersonic corridor, China Lake, 29 Palms, Fort Irwin, Goldstone, the NASA antenna complex that keeps track of all of our spaceships on the various planets like Mars. That's all there. 
The story you're going to see now is from there too. This is a story about the desert. Thank you all for coming. I hope you enjoy the movie. I hope when you're done with the movie that you'll wonder about it. You'll wonder about what you thought about the story beforehand, what you think about it now. There's some truth in the story. What nobody can figure out is what that truth actually is. But it seems kind of important now I'm going to introduce you to my friend and comrade, my brother in weird studies, the documentary maker from Extraordinary Beliefs, Mr. Jeremy Corbell. Now watch this mic, it's kind of hot. You're in for a treat. Jeremy's going to say a little something. And then after the movie, we're going to do a Q&A with you. So have, have your questions ready. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming out tonight. It's a beautiful night, yeah? I, I can't think of a better place to screen this film. You know, this all started in the desert. And we definitely have the desert represented here tonight. Um, this movie was a, a passion of mine since I was a young kid, 13 years old. I heard this story, like maybe many of you, about Bob Lazar. H have you heard the story of Bob Lazar before? Right. So if you haven't, you're going to hear it tonight. And what's unique is after 30 years of coming out and telling this story through George Knapp, the investigative reporter out of Las Vegas, Nevada, who broke this story. Yeah, George is awesome. He's my mentor in journalism, and this was his story. This is his story uh, with Bob Lazar. And uh, we now have an opportunity to view Bob's account. Whether you believe it or not, we get to view it through a completely different lens 30 years later now. I'm really excited Bob decided you you know, agreed to talk with me about this because he was relatively silent for 30 years. And he got beat up. He got beat up by the UFO community, by the scientific community. But after 30 years, he decided it was important to tell his story again. And he let me do it through a form of documentary so we can reach millions of people with it. And, and now, through the lens of 30 years, we now know that our government has admitted to maintaining UFO programs on your behalf. That was admitted in 2017 in the New York Times, ATIP, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Additionally, just two days ago, the Navy said that they're putting another method in place to take in Navy and government accounts of pilots who engage these uh, craft of unknown origin. So it's a unique time in human history that we're getting a little bit of the truth from those who were suppressing the truth before. So it gives us a different way to look at what Bob Lazar said 
and what he says today, if what Bob Lazar is telling you is true, it is an absolute game changer to the way we view ourselves in this universe. So enjoy the movie. It will entertain you. Mickey Rourke narrates it, which is desert cool. Yeah. And um, afterwards, there will be a Q&A. It's a great opportunity. There's a lot to, to think about with this movie, and I'll try to answer your questions if I know them. It was quite a journey making this film. So again, thanks for being here to watch the movie. And you know, thanks to Ken Lane. Who can do a UFO sermon like Ken Lane? Nobody but Ken Lane. After the Q&A, you're going to also have a live performance from a dear friend of mine. Uh, she runs La and owns La Copine. If you ain't done nothing right in your life till you've gone to La Copine for food. It's amazing. Claire, she'll be here to sing a few songs, one of my favorites. Um, and most importantly, I want to thank Red, Blue, Black, Silver, who the only reason we're here is because of him. He said, we're doing this. We're doing this in the desert, man. So thank you for putting this on. Yeah, and one last thing before the movie starts, we might have to adjust the screen a little bit. I'm not sure, because we have to center it. But if you haven't seen or haven't heard of The Miracle of Pioneer Town, you gotta drive up Pioneer Town Road at night, and you will see a USO, unidentified standing, illuminated object. Check it out, Grinch hunting is real. Okay, movie will start in a second here. sermon as it was billed really an introduction to a screening of Bob Lazar's Area 51 and Flying Saucers at the Joshua Tree Astronomy Arts Theater a couple of months ago. Take a look at our website desertoracle.com and on our radio page you'll see some pictures of this sermon taken by Natalie Ball. I think it's Ball and not Bale like the former Lord God of Canaan. And there are some things in one of these pictures, wonders seen in the sky, that are not in the other pictures. What do you think they are? From Amboy to Zizix and across the great Mojave wilderness, this has been Desert Oracle Radio, and I am your host, Ken Lane. We broadcast from KCDZ-FM and Joshua Tree and are distributed by Public Radio Exchange. And that Bob Lazar movie is out on Netflix now, so take a look if you haven't seen it. Get our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Try Spotify or iTunes or Art19. Thank you for listening and good night from the voice of the desert.